This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 634 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Eco Gold, saddle pads and protective boots for your equine athlete. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is about those stifling stifle issues. It's an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report found every week on Wednesdays on the Horses in the Morning show, this one from episode number 378. But before we get to today's tip, let's hear what Karen O'Connor has to say about today's sponsor, Eco Gold. Uh, I met Patricia, gosh, I think it was probably three years ago, three or four years ago, when, and, and the thing that separates Eco Gold from any other saddle pad company in the world that I'm aware of is that they are experts in textiles, and they understand fabrics, and they understand what breathes on a horse and what, what holds the sweat in and what doesn't hold the sweat in. And so for that reason, uh, they are ahead of the game. And then they have an incredible uh, support system around them where they respect their, their sponsored riders and ask for our input on the shapes of the, of the product, uh, the shape of the pads, and, and all the other products that EcoGold makes. Uh, and so it's a win-win because you feel like with EcoGold, the, the company and the sponsored riders are all growing together and, and we're all helping each other uh, to make the very best product that there is out there. And while they are also, uh, they are still continuing to be state-of-the-art on new textiles, new fabrics and new products and new um, materials that make their, their product stand out way ahead of anything else out there. Now, let's enjoy today's tip. It's time for the weekly health report from Horse.com. Fantastic information and their attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. And this week, along with Michelle from TheHorse.com, we have Dr. Brad Jackman of Pioneer Equine Hospital in Oakdale, California. All of us West Coasters are accustomed to the fact that the show is so early, uh, but we appreciate you guys coming on with us, and we're going to talk about something that actually I, unfortunately, have had extensive knowledge about, uh, extensive experiences with, because we're going to talk about stifle issues, and, and I have a horse that has IUPF, and you know, going through the shoeing changes and the potential treatments. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it and uh, talk a little bit about the stifle. So take it away, Michelle, and good morning, Dr. Jackman. Good morning. Hi there. Um, yeah, so last time Dr. Jackman was uh, with us, he helped fill in for Dr. Jones, and, and he's here again this week to fill in for Dr. Jones, who had, has another engagement this morning. Um, Jury duty. I have jury duty, and I'm still here, so I don't know. <laughs> I have to call her on that. Um, but uh, we were talking about Western discipline injuries, and the stifle came up, so I thought uh, it would be something good to dive a little bit deeper into what kind of things we're seeing uh, going wrong in stifles. Um, but I wanted to start out by having Dr. Jackman explain to us where is the stifle on the horse and what is it specifically. 
Well, the stifle is an upper joint of the hind limb that's it's in reality right near the flank area of the horse. And the stifle in a horse is equivalent to our knee. So it is a kind of a high-motion, weight-bearing joint that in a lot of the athletes today that we see, um, no different than human athletes, there's a lot of stress and strain that goes through that stifle. And so it is something that uh, we see, you know, one, some developmental issues in, but we also see, you know, a considerable amount of injuries associated with it. Okay. And so that, that joint, um, you said it's like the, the human knee, so how is it like the, the human knee, and what can go wrong uh, with that? Yeah, point? I mean, it's, it, I, as far as anatomy-wise, it's, it's very similar. There's a few, few discrete differences, but, I mean, there's the big bone above it, you know, called the femur, and then, you know, you have the kneecap or what we call the patella, and then obviously the big bone below, it's the tibia. And similar to human knees, we have an in, inside and an outside meniscus. There's a lot of ligaments associated with it because of those ligaments. We also have the cruciates in the horse. Um, some unique aspects regarding the horse <laughs> cycle is that in a human, our, our knee is one big joint. In a horse, it's actually uh, three different compartments. Um, those compartments may or may not communicate with each other. So sometimes when we're trying to figure out the lameness aspect, we can scratch our heads a little bit because you have to, you know, oftentimes block all three compartments to get uh, get a sound horse or, or an improvement in the lameness that you're looking for. And then the other thing that's a little different is our kneecap sits right on the front of our knee. Horse's kneecap sits up to the outside a little bit. Um, we have one patellar ligament or tendon that extends from our kneecap down to the bone, and horses actually have three of them. And because of the having those three ligaments, um, <clears throat> one of the things, obviously, when horses were roaming wild, they were prey animals. They were not the predators. And so one of the protective mechanisms was that they could actually take little catnaps standing and get some rest that way, but, you know, would be able then to obviously, you know, spot predators and, you know, run away as quickly as possible. And one way that they do that is they can actually catch part of the patella and the ligament attachment over a ridge on the big bone above, the femur, and that kind of locks their hind legs. So it kind of makes them, you know, rigid so that they could do these little catnaps in the wild. And and so with this, being a complex joint, what kind of issues do we most commonly see in it? Well, and one of them is what we call upward fixation of the patella. And um, so I, I believe that's, that's the one that you, you've, you know, uh, someone's been fighting with one of their young, younger horses, but yeah, it's where I've their kneecap backs. With... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I said that's, that's what I've been battling with my warm blood. When he was a little bit younger, had the problem of, you know, he only had ever lived on flat ground and wasn't really uh, used to being engaged before I got him as far as working hard. And he just, he would, his patella or his stifle would lock intermittently when we would try to, say, pick up the canner or go down hills or anything like that. So it became a problem as far as trying to, you know, I mean, just get through a dressage test was almost impossible without his stifle locking. Yeah, and it's definitely something that we see more common in young horses. Um, you know, definitely you see it if you have a, a, a horse confirmationally that is more upright or what we call post-legged. 
behind because if you have less angle through the stifle, it makes it a little easier for that kneecap or patella to slip up over that ridge. Um, the other aspect regarding it and being younger horses is when they go through growth rates, they can, you know, kind of grow their hind end faster than their front end, so they get a little bit what we call butt high compared to their withers, makes them straighter through the stifle. And then in, in reality, it's muscles that keep the tension on this kneecap, keep kind of pulled up into the outside. And in younger horses, a lot of them just don't have the muscle development or they're being a little late in developing that muscle. And so they're a little bit loose or kind of, quote, sloppy in their stifles um, while they're younger. And then once they kind of usually get into work and, and get a little bit more. But we definitely, you know, the warm bloods are a little bit later in, in developing and developing that musculature. And so we definitely see a higher predisposition in the warm bloods probably than, than, than any other breed of horse. Now, my quarter horse had this issue when he was a yearling, two-year-old-ish, um, and as an adult horse, he's nine now, I haven't had any issues. So is it something that they typically grow out of, or are there some, any leftover issues with, with the upward fixation later on yeah, in I'd life? By, yeah, by far and large, the majority of them just do outgrow it. Um, however, there are times we have to give them a little bit of help, especially if they have anything confirmationally that's predisposed, meaning you know, being straighter through the stifles. Um, and there's lots and lots that we can do to kind of get over the hump regarding this, this issue, some of them more conservative than others. You can range from just, you know, changing the way we're trimming them or shoeing them a little bit differently, definitely in a consistent exercise program, as much turnout as possible. You know, if we can, you know, the major muscles that attach this kneecap are the quadriceps and the biceps femoris. And in reality, if you or I wanted to go strengthen those, we'd go run stairs or we'd get on a stair climber, which with horses we can't. But so we'll do a lot of pole or cavaletti work. If there is an incline around, we'll do some trot work up and down the incline, uh, trying to get that, that hind end to strengthen up a little bit. But by far and large, the majority of them do outgrow it. It's the ones that as you're getting more into the training and you're consistently or continuing to have this problem that we have to start intervening some way. Now, the, and, the, the times that, I'm sorry, Michelle, the times that I had the, the problem the worst was three times my horse was <laughs> injured himself to where he was on stall rest, unfortunately, three times for six months at a time, his, his, uh, he has uh, suspensory issues, and three times I would bring him out and start to, you know, get him in a back-to-work program, and oh my gosh, there it is again, and it would rear his ugly head, so we'd have to do the shoeing changes and do some hill work. And uh, then he would come right out of it. So it, it is something that, I mean, is that uncommon, uh, Dr. Jackman, to see in a, in a situation like that? Uh, it's probably more uncommon to have someone that has a horse have to be laid up for six months and they still love the horse three times later. So <laughs> Yeah, um, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, actually, it, it's, it's, that, that's a fairly typical history, especially if you've had one as a younger horse that's, you know, had a little bit of issue with this even when they're getting into their training that it's one of the things you know as a you know a person that does a lot of surgery and lameness work then it's something we always have to you know keep in mind and figure out how we're going to try and help manage this um, in these horses that we do have to confine and lay up for an extended period of time so so for other things that are going on in the stifle I, I know you know, in humans we often struggle with knee issues. But with our horses, it seems like 
we're always kind of going to the hawk. Like, you know, I think my horse's hawks are sore. I think he needs injections, blah, blah, blah. How do you know if it's a stifle issue maybe rather than a hawk issue? Yeah, I mean, other than the upward fixation of the patella, I mean, generally, if we have a stifle injury or stress and strain coming through the stifle, the, the lameness is going to be more severe than just your routine hawk thing. You know, to me, hawks are usually a performance issue. Stifles are generally a true lameness. Um, and we are definitely, you know, in the Western performance horses, and but also a lot in the dressage horses and the jumpers, we're seeing a lot of stress occurring through those stifles and a lot of torque stress. And as our diagnostic procedures are getting a little bit more advanced, um, you know, we can darn sure ultrasound those stifles and a lot of times get an idea of where we think we might have, you know, even a tear in the meniscus or a meniscal ligament or, you know, that type of thing. Um, so we're looking at more of a lameness issue versus a performance issue between hawks and stifles. So, and like, I had a friend who hurt her knee, and she was laid up for almost an entire year between surgery and, and doing physical therapy. If your horse has this kind of injury, how long is the layup going to be? Yeah, and it varies tremendously depending on, on, on how much, quote, damage, you know, occurred during the injury. Um, I think the most important thing is is that, you know, if we have a horse, and let's say, you know, it is a little bit of a lameness issue, they've tried the hawk injections, it's not working. I mean, I think the important thing to try and figure out is, okay, let's localize the lameness as much as possible. If it is a stifle, let's get the imaging done. We need to, to try and characterize it. But, you know, if we think we have a, a problem, we know it's a stifle region, we think there's an issue in there regarding it, whether ultrasound or whatever, I mean, what we're going to recommend is arthroscopic surgery to go in and see cartilage. Joint cartilage does not show up on x-rays, so we're going to look for joint cartilage damage. You know, unfortunately, the cruciate ligaments, there's no real way to image those well in horses. Ultrasound, bone gets in the way of them being able to be seen on ultrasound, so it's not really a viable way to look at them. But we can, we can look and see if there's a tear in that cruciate ligament. If there is, we can clean up that tear. We're seeing more and more meniscal injuries. We can, we can go in and no, we don't have the technology able to be able to suture these things and withstand horses, but we can darn sure if there's flaps, meniscal flaps, tears, that type of thing, we can go in and remove those. And, and a lot of these horses, yes, it'll be a six-month layup time or something like that, but they will come back and, and be full athletes again. And, and you said that you're seeing more of these kind of injuries. Is that because the diagnostics are getting better, or are we asking more of our horses? Do you have... have I think it's a combination of everything. I think one is we're asking more of our horses. I think two is we're breeding better and better athletes. You know, if, if you look at, you know, how many cruciate ligament injuries occur in peewee football players versus, you know, high school versus college versus professional, obviously the better the athlete, the more stress they put through the joint, the, the incidence of injury goes up. So I think we're breeding better athletes. So I think they're actually doing more stress through their joints themselves because of their athletic performance. Um, but I do think that some of it is we've gotten better at diagnosing these things and we've gotten better at, at to be quite honest, going and looking for them. So I think it's a combination of all those things. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Jackman. I appreciate you joining us and answering our questions this week. Um, I'm going to direct 
the listeners to uh, the horse.com's Facebook page. We have a video posted up there of joint therapies. Uh, we also have an AAEP story if you go search uh, on the horse.com um, about physical therapy for stifle injuries, uh, which I found uh, really interesting. Uh, so take a look well, at there that. there you go. To listen to more of the horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to Glenn the Geek and Jamie put in their two cents on horse health topics, tune in to Horses in the Morning on Wednesdays at 10 for a weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com and find the mother load of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible and they're awesome. Today's sponsor has been Eco Gold. You heard it right from Karen O'Connor's mouth. They make a different kind of a saddle pad because they know about textiles. Ask for Eco Gold saddle pads and protective boots at your, by name at your local tax store, or you can visit them online at ecogold.ca. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.